Welcome to the Painters Podcast. In today's podcast, we catch up with Sandra Price from Trading Bookkeeping Solutions, where we talk all things bookkeeping and cover the important areas and why you need a bookkeeper that understands the ins and outs of your business. Sit back and relax and enjoy today's podcast. Hi everyone, afternoon. Um, hey Glenn, how's it going? Not too bad, mate. Yourself? Good, bud. Good. Uh, I'd like to introduce uh, Sandra from Trady Bookkeeping Solutions. So we've got Sandra in here today to talk uh, about all things bookkeeping. And um, yeah, welcome. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So uh, yeah, can you tell us a bit about what you do, who you are, and so on and so forth, please, Sandra. So I own, operate uh, Trady Bookkeeping Solutions. Um, and we do just exactly what our name suggests. We provide different bookkeeping solutions for um, our niche, which is trade clients. Yep. And so we look after builders and plumbers and painters and sparkies and you name it. If you come in under the um, trade or construction industry, then that's the type of people we look after. Yep. Fabulous. Yeah. We do a bit of everything. So go from every client is individual. Uh, and, and so unique. Yes, and <laughs> unique. <laughs> Some are more special than others. Yeah, yeah. looking at you both right now. Um, <laughs> but each, you know, each client is set up differently, uh, and they they have different needs. And so we build our bookkeeping packages, I guess, based around that. Each each person has a slightly different package, um, depending on what it is that they need us to do or what gaps there are that we need to fill yep yep and how do you find you obviously come across a lot of the small businesses out there are still you know working out of shoe boxes and and dealing with all of those sorts of things um and struggling a lot of small businesses out there struggle with just trying to keep on top of their their bookkeeping and their bash requirements and their accounting requirements and all of those sorts of things so what what sort of tips or ideas or things do you think that you know, are really important, I guess, and imperative, and and the reason behind making sure that you do keep on top of that stuff with a bookkeeper. It is. We do. We do come across a wide variety of different setups. Um, we have some that, you know, have been working along on spreadsheets or, um, as you said, shoe boxes. Or we've had some interesting ones where we've received the paperwork in pizza boxes um, unfortunately there was no pizza in it <laughs> uh, but I'm pretty sure it was a pepperoni that was in there yeah. uh, just giving you an invoice book uh, yeah so sometimes we got we get the invoice books or we get um, they'll be just doing them on a word document um, and sending them out which then you know you run the risk there we do say quite often that they'll forget to change the invoice number yeah things like that which makes it difficult when you're trying to marry a payment up against the invoice. Um, but you also then lose that actual invoice. Mm. Um, so we do see it in various different stages and it does depend on the business and what stage they're at but and also what their, what their goal is, I guess, moving forward um, to whether you know, we, we move across onto an accounting software, um, we are a zero-based practice yep. um, we prefer to use zero it's much easier for clients for the business owners to navigate find their way around what is and zero just, 
Zero is an accounting software. Mm -hmm. It's all cloud-based. Um, basically, as long as you've got an internet connection and a web browser, you can log into your file wherever you are. Mm -hmm. I've done it from the beach at Stratty <laughs> on holidays, uh, from motel hotel room in Melbourne, everywhere. You know, as long as you've got that connection, you can log into the actual software. So we'll take, you know, all of their information that they've provided us. Sometimes we have to dig a bit deeper because um, they're not, you know, not everyone is across all of the rules and regulations and what we actually need. But we then take all of that and morph it into uh, usable data that you can use to then grow your business. But also we'll save you time and money then when you get to the accountant. Hmm. Do you find that when you've got a shoebox customer that's mm -hmm. using an invoice book and it's just you know, wrong invoice numbers, it's, it's like where's the invoice for the week of the third week of August? It's like, oh, I don't know, let me find it. You know, it's like it's all yeah. over the place. Yeah. Um, do you find, obviously, that when you've got a customer like that, as opposed to a customer that does the same amount of revenue and all the rest of it's the same, but they're using a, a zero platform, yep. that even the cost that it, that a bookkeeper charges or whatever is significantly less because it's... Absolutely. Generally, if we've had clients that have come in and they've had a like a shoebox system, but it's been very organised. So generally, if the, a client's paperwork is organised... That usually equates into there's good cash flow, good flow of customers, and it's a more um, successfully run business. If there's disarray, don't know where receipts are, don't know where invoices are, um, generally that's where we see cash flow issues. Um, and generally, you know, there's no tax preparation or, um, you know, basses are lodged like. And sometimes it, it's it's just purely because, you know, you, you're a, a tradie, you're on the tools, you're a technician, and it's only, like, super nerds like us that actually enjoy doing that side of it. It's just not a strong skill set. Mm -hmm. um, so that's... We usually see with their basses there'll be fines and... Um, you know, things are late lodgements. And so once we get them up to date and get a bit of a system in place, then things start to move more freely and more work, they get more work and they have a better track of their cash flow. We get them back in on time to getting everything lodged and it's just providing those systems and, and putting those checks, I guess, in place to make sure that you're not missing important deductions either. You've used the, the term cash flow a few times. Yes. I understand what cash flow means, but to the technician that's probably listening, can you explain to us what the term cash flow means to you? To me, uh, cash flow is the money coming in and out of your bank account. So we see quite often, you know, particularly if you've got big jobs uh, on the go, so you may be getting payments in stage claims. You may have to then pay out suppliers at different stages. So it's about looking at your bank account and making sure that you've got enough cash coming in to cover what needs to go out. And it, it helps you find where the holes are going to be in that cash flow. So say you may have an invoice going out on the Monday 
but you need to order the goods for that Monday's work, work, Monday's work or that week's work, but you have to pay for it on Friday. So by looking at your cash flow, so just that what money's coming into the account, what money's going out of the account, you can see where your shortfalls are going to be and to try and make it so it's a lot um, smoother or a more consistent cash flow. If you're looking at your cash flow in advance, then you're actually able to plan ahead and go, okay, right, so this is coming up. We've got these jobs. I need to make sure I do my invoicing on a Friday, I've got all my um, different payment options in place um, and everything goes out. It's just keeping that cash flow moving. So, like, what I understand is, like, in our business, at least anyway, because we don't deal with, you know, commercial builders or anything like that, yeah. we have the ability of controlling the interaction. Yeah. So we do a deposit, so mm -hmm. let's just say a 10% deposit, Yep. 55% when half done. Mm -hmm. So we've got 65% of the money when we're half done. Yep. Okay. Then from there, we hit them for another 35% uh, 30, uh, 30 or 35%, which takes us to 90. Yep. And then we hit them for a 10 on completion. Mm -hmm. So we have multiple stage claims. And so by us taking those funds, it gives us the ability across you know, 10, 15, 20 projects so we've always got money coming in every day or every week, okay? Consistently got you know, invoices going out at all different times. So what you're suggesting is that there's trade businesses out there that are saying, well, holy crap, like I gotta buy $4,000 worth of materials, but there's no money in the account. Yeah. And so they've, they've got this shortcoming where it's like, I have to buy something to keep production or to keep the business revenue generating, mm -hmm. but they simply just either don't have a buffer or they if having a buffer, an overdraft is probably not the best way of putting it because then you've got to pay interest on the overdraft, right? So, but what I understand under QBCC minimum financial requirements, there needs to be a buffer in the account. There does, there does, but we quite often see um, businesses coming through that they don't have a plan or I use a term of giving their money a purpose so we quite often see the money comes in money comes in money comes in but it goes out just as quick mm -hmm. so the money that say comes in for job a that we've got going the money is actually from that deposit or that stage claim is probably going to pay bills from a different job. job. <laughs> so well, we see a, that in the building industry right across the board. Yeah, that's so you it's know a we all really vicious yeah. cycle that um, you know they're, they're always there's never enough money in the accounts, but they don't seem to know where the money goes. But it, is that through their lack of management? Look, I think um, there is definitely a big gap from when a, a trade or even a, just a, a general person comes in and goes, right, I'm going to start my own business. I'm really great at doing X, X. Y, Z. Yeah. And we refer to them as a technician. Correct. So they're very good on their job. They're great on the tools. They know their stuff. They can, you know, do a really nice job. But they're still in the employee mode. 
So they haven't, even though they've got their business, their PTY, um, insurances, all the rest of it, they've ticked all those boxes. It's a mindset change as well that needs to happen. They it's don't like, have any admin processes. No, but it, it's a, a switch that, it's like a switch that's got a flick to actually get you, get people to take a step back and going, okay, I'm actually running this business now. I can't continue as if I was an employee. I have to look at my numbers. I have to know, am I meeting the minimum financial requirements? I have to know where I'm at in the business all the time to actually maintain the business and the cash flow and just simple things like having the money there to pay staff, keeping up with your superannuation, making sure you've got money there for your bass. It's a whole different mindset that you have to um, take on board, I guess. And we see a lot of people kind of get stuck in that transition. And as you said, a lot of it is processes as well. Mm. Um, you know, we you see quite often, you know, you'll see the, the trader's partner, you know, they get married or, you know, they're in a relationship and they inherit the books. Yeah, and they don't yep. necessarily want it, want it, or have the, the training or have or the, the skills set for it. Exactly. Uh, and so we come across that quite a bit. Um, and part of what we do, um, when I mentioned earlier about building packages and support for clients, is that sometimes we go in and we just assist the wife, the or wife, the or the girlfriend, or the partner that are doing the books, that have inherited it and going, I don't know what I'm doing or what I'm supposed to be doing or they're learning on the fly and we can go and go, okay, well, here's some systems in place. Here's some checklists. This is what you should be doing each week. This is what you should be doing each month. Um, you know, here's some tools that we use mm-hmm. and we help them implement it. And then sometimes they will take part of that their workload as well. Um, it causes is a lot of stress get on on relationships mm. when mm. all of a sudden a husband and wife well, or partners are working together. Mm. Yep. Um, and you know one part one partner is out working on the tools, uh, the other is trying to keep up with the admin and perhaps you know look after children or run the household <laughs> or have a part-time job as well. And they're not educated in the, the how to run the books. That's the biggest one. Yeah, that's they it. Don't, and yeah. they're relying on, you know, maybe seeing their accountant once a year, which is really not enough. You should be no. having regular quarterly meetings with your accountant to do tax planning and strategies and and to really um, help your business grow so you don't get those nasty surprises at the end of the year. After the 30th of June, you can't really do anything. No. But if you no. talk to your accountant, say, Prior. in April, and they go looking at your figures, your expected income, yes. and your expected expenses, you're going to have a tax bill. How can we fix that now? Mm. So it's just trying to, to work with them to try and relieve that stress and save marriages. I've always... Every communication I've had over the years especially with even some successful business owners that had 100-plus employees, they looked upon the accountant as like this business god. You know, my accountant this, my accountant that. But the reality is, is the accountant is just a university nerd that understands numbers and tax compliance. 
He is not a business coach. He is not a business mastermind. He is a number cruncher. And he makes sure that you are compliant with the current legislation. And once that tax file declaration has been put together, they ask you to sign it, which waives their liability, and it falls back on you. Because you're the one that supplied all the information. That is correct. correct. But if you were a client that came to me and said that um, your accountant is basically just preparing, making sure that you're meeting your obligations, I would suggest perhaps that maybe you need to look at a different accountant. So... Not all accountants, however, are just simple number crunches and doing that. A lot of them have a lot of years of experience in running businesses, um, you know, in particular their own business. Um, mm-hmm. I know a few that have had, you know, quite a, a few different types of businesses as well, not just an accountancy firm, but maybe, you know, a, a restaurant or they've actually had that hands-on experience in in. Other areas, um, other yeah. areas and, and actually running businesses rather than just being, you know, crunching the numbers and looking at it from that point of view. Sure, not every accountant is a business coach and not every business coach is an accountant, mm-hmm. but a good accountant will look at the business as a whole. But isn't that the entrepreneur's the job? To, to like, so what happens in our business is every week, every, every month, uh, so basically our numbers get crunched every month and our, up, our stuff's updated daily without basically our bookkeeper works 40 hours a week, okay? Yeah. Then from there, every month, we get a cash flow forecast of what, what was mm-hmm. and we align that to our quarterly and yearly budgets. Mm-hmm. So we understand what expenses came out in relation to what charter. So we break up our charter of accounts into uh, subscription costs, recruitment costs, so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so then what, what our job is as, as the managers of the business is to look at those and say, well, where are we going? Where are we headed towards? What's our uh, net profit percentage? What's our gross? Are we hitting our targets? Mm-hmm. The way that we use our accountant is strategically to mitigate taxes, yep. like every business owner should. However, I would feel as though... If I was going to my accountant, or anybody for that matter, and saying to them, here's the autopsy of my business, please God fix it and tell me what to do, then that's putting a lot of trust and a lot of faith in someone that just has a, a plaque on the wall. Like, how, do, how does somebody differentiate, how does, how does a small business owner differentiate that this person is actually there to serve me rather than run my business into the ground with. I know it's it's. I, f- I do find that it's a bit like doctors um, yeah. and those professionals. The doctors were the be all and end all, and they were you know the everything was yes doctor so and so yes yeah. over now, and we're seeing a shift back to where, um, you know, a shift in the opposite direction. I guess. Um, there are lots of different things that you can look at with when you're going to an accountant and it depends on what stage of business you're in as well. Mm-hmm. So someone that is as switched on with their numbers and figures and knows their percentages and um, you know has the spreadsheets and does the quarterly meetings, I, in, in our experience, 
is probably few and far between. Mm. So in that case, you're at that particular level that you're comfortable and you know what you're doing mm -hmm. and that you can do that on your own. But there are still so many businesses that don't even, don't understand the difference between markup and margin or what their break-even point is. And that's where your accountant can come in and guide you through that. It should be an evolving relationship and process along the way. See, and Glenn, we know that from the seminar we did a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. When we asked the question, does everyone know what their break-even rate is? Well, they had no idea. No. But there what, was... what I'm suggesting is an accountant charges hundred. Like, I, I, I'm always playing devil's avocado, like the yeah. small contractor that was... I was a subby, you know. Hmm. Like, where am I supposed to bust my ass? And whatever little profit I'm to make, go and get education from an accountant that's only willing to like charge me $400 an hour and just rate me financially for this little bit of snippet advice that I can get off YouTube. Like, what I'm suggesting is, shouldn't that individual like use services like yours to like what is a margin? Hey, like you know, I'm happy to show you what a margin is, and this is the the, the monthly forecast that we do for you, or whatever. Absolutely, there are different. You know, you don't have to go to your accountant for that information, mm. um, but a good accountant is across that information as well. Oh, I so we quite often sit down with clients and work out what their break-even point is. We implement cash flow templates and and do cash flow forecasting yeah. and getting them across that. We sit down and and go through a profit and loss and explain what a profit and loss is, mm -hmm. and that you know it's the numbers are just telling a story of your business. It's not it's not a big nasty report or anything. It's just saying okay, so this is what sales have yeah. happened. Mm -hmm. These are your expenses. You might look across and do a cop, uh, you know month by month comparison, and you'll see that your telephone bill's been. $100, $100, $100, and then it was $600. Uh -huh. I would circle that and say to you, you What's need to on? investigate that. So, And it could be, you know, Freddie's got a girlfriend in the UK and he's been using the work phone to call. Or So these business owners, like, if they're, as you said, you use the term technician, and I love that because you're absolutely right. They're a technician, like an applicator, mm. putting paint on the wall. But now it's like you're in a different world where you have to learn what a balance sheet looks like, what a profit and loss looks like, what your monthly recurring expenses are. And this is no different to being able to read a set of plans or a colour selection. Like you have to be able to read that and like with all due respect, if if these contractors have no understanding of that, then what's gonna happen is if they they're relying on their accountant god to fix everything, then they turn up with their shoebox and they go fix it and all my it's like well you got a 90 grand tax bill bro but i there, where's your super that you paid oh i didn't pay a super well there's your 90 grand bill off you go and because they're a, a a sole trader their wife's doing the books they have an argument or they're consistently arguing the, the house is in you know the, their names now he's got a 90 grand debt to attach to his mortgage or he has a divorce and loses the kids mm. um it's common we hear that a lot absolutely. of that absolutely that's a very common thing and that's the but, but that's where I, I guess think that's all it's, it's all about educating <clears throat> and, yep. and where you get that education from is realistically it's it's about how best you learn and who's going to deliver it to you in a way that, that you understand that you understand it now for some people it is through their accountant they have that relationship and that trust 
and their accountant has built that with them over you know quite a few years some people have it with a business coach mm -hmm. they can sit down and run through that run through a profit and loss and and pick it apart or or maybe you know work out what your break-even point is or what your margins and your markups should be or you know and then it's also work that we do as bookkeepers mm. so I think as long as people if they're finding a gap or a part of their business that needs help it's just knowing where to go to you, find that help do you find a lot of them and I, I know because I acted like this for a long time like there was there was a point in time where I passed the responsibility of paying people to my partner yep. because I was too scared to go in and see how much was in the account yep. because it would affect me mentally and I was like I don't need to know all I need to know is that it's paid and so there was a time where I didn't want to know what the accountant had to say or that the bookkeeper or whatever I was so stupid that I thought you know when you got brackets, those little brackets on yeah. your balance sheet? I thought, oh great, there's a profit of like 20 Gs. And then, because I understood like, mm. when you've got a deficit, there's a, a minus. Yeah. Oh no, 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 but your accountant, your accountancy software guys has these little freaking brackets. And that it's means that you're in negative. Yeah. Yes. And I was in negative for like 20 odd Gs. And then I go to the accountant and I'm like, oh yeah, this is that. I'm like, yeah, 20 Gs. Yeah, no, no, no. That's, uh, that's a loss. That's, that's a, a loss, loss, brother. And so, you know, coming away from that and having to spend $400 to learn that, well, that, that you know, you either learn or you, you either win or you learn, and sometimes you have to get hit in the pocket to learn. Absolutely. And usually we see a lot of people that come to us and and the big trigger is usually something in the hip pocket. They're being fined by the ATO. They're getting all these, you know, nasty letters, and they finally they've got to actually do something about it. Yeah. Now that's that's a pivotal point for people. That's usually where we have a conversation and go, well, you know, you've got to make that choice where you, you know, you you move your business forward, and by doing that, you have to put structure and you have to put plans in place and processes and actually start tracking and start learning and listening and, and taking in the information and looking at things like your profit and loss to make sure that this we don't get a repeat of, of this sort of stuff again. So if you've got contractors that are going out there, let's just say it's a three-man organisation, I don't know, it's dad, his son or his daughter, and I don't know, one other worker, right? Because yeah. a lot of it is family business. Right? Yeah, they are. And yeah. then his wife's doing the books or mum's doing the book, okay? Now, they're going to be turning over between 200 to 400 grand depending on what type of industry they're in, okay? So they're turning over hundreds of thousands of dollars every year and these individuals or this contracting business has no indication of what their profit and loss is. They just literally put their tax return in the end of the year and hope to God that it's, it's doing good. Mm -hmm. So in your experience, if you're seeing things like that, and that's almost like the norm before the clients meet you or, or, or of that nature, how many of these customers or these people are actually doing specific job costs? Like I got a, every single project that, that our contracting business of our four-man contracting business on the takes 
that they do an actual job costing, profit and loss, as a budget and an actual? I'd say zero. Yeah. I'd say zero. That they don't. You know, yourself talking to contractors. That's how much profit do you make on that job? Huh? So how much that's did you that, make? That's that, what I <clears throat> talked about before, about moving from being a technician to the business owner. Mm. A mm. technician will go out and just work, work, work. They'll, you know, pain, 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 or do whatever they've got to do. They'll knock the job out and do the invoice. They'll see money come into their bank account, and they're sweet, we've got money. But, but I, then moving them but, to go from just doing that to going, okay, we've got money into the account, but we need to make provisions for GST, we need to make provisions for uh, company tax at the end of the year, we need to make sure that we've got enough to cover wages and actually have set percentages and and things in place. What about, are most people now with the new regulations on one-touch payroll? Look, so yeah, the changes, the big changes that have been happening, happening over the last few years are forcing people to move from spreadsheets to some form of online or accounting, accounting software. Their, their whole bookkeeping process is a spreadsheet or non-existent at all. Has yeah. been, but now they're yeah. having to with the one-touch yeah. payroll Depending. stuff. So if they've got yeah. if they've got staff, they have to have one-touch or single-touch payroll. So whether or not, you know, a lot of people have gone, okay, well, I've got to do this, so I may as well move across to a, yeah. a whole package. But it's change. It's changing what they're doing and moving to another yep. another platform. It's something else that you have to learn. And I even know from my point of view, when the changes happen and you're like, oh, man, really? Now I've got to go and relearn something else. Or yeah, because I was just reading that phase two is about to come out. It is um, for the one-touch payroll. I don't so, even know about touch it. Mate, payroll. And that, Your bookkeeper and accountant do not it. Not my bookkeeper and accountant do it. Like, and, <clears throat> like, what I'm as a business owner, what I'm focused on is my gross profitability and my net profitability. What are my re, what what's my my metrics are? What's my gross revenue? What's my expenses? So, what's my uh, gross profit? And then from my gross profit, what's my business expenditure? So if, if we, now, I'm self-taught, so maybe what I've got to say is a bit different to the way that, I don't know, the literature says. My gross revenue minus my production costs. So if that's paint and mater- uh, uh, materials and labour, then I've got my gross profit. Then from my gross profit... But, yeah, that's usually referred to as your net profit, so no, he hasn't got business expenses yet. He's no, only so business his. expenses come out of my growth. Out of his growth. And then, yeah, so, and then sorry, he gets his net. My <coughs> real revenue. Yeah. So your real revenue yeah, is my your, your, your income less your cost of goods sold gives yeah. you then your real revenue. Yes, that, so the true yeah. revenue of the business is technically the gross profit, not the top line revenue. Yeah. yeah. Because not the, your income, but that's that correct. next yeah. level. Yeah. And so... The way I look at it is if we can maintain a healthy gross profit and then maintain our expenditure so it's it's clean, it's I call it recession recession proof. Yep. So making sure that there's no not too much fat, we are running on a recession based uh, expenditure. So what's our communication cost? What's this? What's that? If everything went to shit, what can we cut out? And then basically understanding what is fat and what is uh, mandatory. And then we can adjust our net profit 
based on oh we want to grow, we want to get a bigger office that's going to cost that's going to take up an extra three percent of the gross profit and we can adjust and, and do that in that yeah. mannerism um, but I, I I find it like if you're operating a six figure business which is hundred thousand plus or you know multi six figures even a seven figure business and you don't you're not managing like these these top level metrics the revenue gross profit and then your net um, and most people today are, from what I understand they don't account their own wages within that gross profit their wages are the net well so that's all really individual it depends on how they're set up as well to whether or not it comes through as drawings or if they're a company and it's they're on a on an actual wage mm-hmm. Um, so there's a lot of variables there for each business as well. But there's also a lot of businesses out there that are just at that stage or they're very happy with one or two, it's just one or two guys. They're making enough money to cover their expenses and for them to have a great wage. And they're that's not, not a lo- business though. No. They're looking for, they're, they're happy with that because it's providing them with the lifestyle and not only money-wise, but time-wise as well. It's giving them the choices. So it's really quite individual into each business as to where they're at and what their specific goals are as well. Well, it all comes down to the individual and what their, what their why is. Like, is their yeah. why to work four days a week or work 35 hours and then get in the Navara that the business pays for and then go to Morton? Like, yeah. if, if, if that's part of the why that they choose, then absolutely have two guys and make a hundred grand a year and cap out at that and don't pay an accountant and or don't pay a bookkeeper and just do it out of a shoebox. Like that's totally fine. But don't expect to grow and don't expect any more from that. Because No, well I would I would, you know, obviously without talking to individuals, I would chance to say that they don't want to grow. They've reached their goal and their capacity. They've hit the top of the mountain. And that's where they want to stay. And there's nothing wrong with that. No, there's nothing wrong with that. It's it's getting to that stage where, you know, you've got everything in place. And when I talk about putting systems and processes in place, I'm not talking about, you know, manuals that sit on the wall and how you do this and that. It's just a... Maybe it's a set routine that, you know, at the end of the week you sit down for an hour and you review what money's come in, what money's gone out, what your expenses, what your income's coming in or for the next week, what you've got coming up. I want to take time off in, in two, three weeks' time. How do we schedule around that? You know, it's just taking that time and sitting down and actually running through the key points for them. Mm. But then we have, you know, we ourselves have other clients and they're multi-million dollar companies. Mm. Um and their needs are vastly different. It, the the contrast is huge, and our role then the bookkeeper's role within that business is different again. Mm-hmm. So we have a very segmented role in that particular business, and we look after a certain part, and we hand off to the accountant. They do you know their particular part, have regular meetings with the owners, um, and we liaise with the accounts payable team mm-hmm. and sometimes the employees depending on what's going on so it's all that just different systems and it depends on where people are in their business and and what they're wanting to achieve yeah well it, it it's all depends on what structure 
at the end, and you yeah. yeah, on what you want to do. You know, if you, like Glenn just said, you know, if you want to work four days a week and go to four-wheel driving on the island, great oh, yeah. if that's what you're going to do. He's probably not that that individual or the, those couple of people. More than likely, would be subcontractors or working because the to try and build that workflow to try and keep that sort of thing. They're managing their business that way. Whereas others, you know, if you you. As much as they're running a business, it's more like they're holding a job yeah. than it running is. a business. They're it's not actually achieving, achieving, in the achieving. Like in the ACO and terms, <clears> they're running a business. They're running a business. It's more but uh, providing them with the lifestyle. That that's want. right. Then you know, rather than an employee, rather than an employee. You can flip the coin then on that and then you've sort of got that next level where people are wanting to grow, wanting to take their business to the next level, but they don't actually... Maybe they need a bit of help to get across that line to help mm. with the mindset, the systems, the things in place mm. um, by letting go of some of their tasks and like bringing in a bookkeeper mm. to to do that, you know, day to day financial. I can say that I know that for myself. You know, um, the reconciliations get done. The the. Bank statements get loaded automatically straight yeah, into zero. The the wages are all done. Though. Yeah, do understand it. You, you, but the difference is, is <clears> like, so it's different in me saying I understand how to paint things, but I'm going to do this. But I first need to understand how that actually gets done. Yeah. But, but if you're literally just going, I'm an electrician and going to start a painting business. Now I'm just going to employ painters and then not understand why it doesn't work. Well, it's the same with, with the, the accounts and all the rest of it. Like, you still have to have a fundamental understanding of what the hell the bookkeeper's doing or what the profit and loss is. But that's where any business owner should know that before well, they go into business or should educate them once major, again. It comes back to education. A major gap when, you know, people are going through and they're getting their registrations and licensing in place... And they're not. It's, it's there's a major gap in between where you see people coming through and they're getting their you know their registrations and and everything in place so that they can open their business. But there's a real lack of education in actually running a business, and we see a lot of different places and um, you know industry bodies that will help them get their registrations through and get them up and going but don't actually teach them how to run a business i think a lot of people the the biggest learning lesson you can until you actually experience the highs the highs and the low lows and you know what's going on as a business owner um you don't know what you don't know that's it it's it's about you know you need to surround yourself with people Yep. That, that know it. Maybe it's people that are a bit further along in the business or in a particular point where you want to get to and having the conversations and talking with them and having your trusted advisors around you that you can go to and ask those questions. Yep. Um, you know, or having people employed. Like I know in our perspective from bookkeeping, we quite often, we look at the business as a whole. We're not just focused on actually reconciling the bank looking after the day-to-day financial transactions we our initial meeting was quite in depth and we run through everything we want to know have you got your insurances in place Mm. you know 
are you, you know, have you got, you've just put on stuff, have you registered for PAYG? Yeah. All that type of stuff. And we see the gaps. Now, it doesn't necessarily mean that we can fill those gaps. No. Because it prob- might be out of our scope well, and it might be out of my expertise as well. But we know people that can help fill that gap yeah. and actually not leave them open and liable as well. Yeah. Well, my biggest thing, I mean, I know myself when I was in my mid-20s, mid to late-20s. 50 years ago. Yeah, it feels <laughs> like it's some mornings. <laughs> when, then... I managed to, to find a group of business owners that I actually got to mentor me, that mm. I got to ask every question. You know, these people were turning over multi-million dollar businesses and things like that. And I approached them and, and yeah, basically bled them, like, you know, for information and sucked up everything like a sponge. That's when I learned, yep, you need a bookkeeper. Yep, if you wanted to grow, you need, you know, you need to understand your numbers. You need to, all of those sorts of things. And what questions to ask, what's happening with things, how to read a profit and loss statement, how to understand a balance sheet, all of those sorts of things. And I I guess I was lucky that I was young enough that I got to understand all of those things at at a good age that then I've been able to develop. And, you know, um, I know the questions to ask. I know what to look at when I'm looking at the books. Um, but when other it, people look at it, it's just a it's just a slew of columns and rows and numbers right. with no freaking understanding. It's like it's like if you took an office worker and you're like, hey, read and interpret these construction plans. Yeah. Same no, thing. No idea. And and no one can be across everything. No. You know, we're always learning, we all but we all have understanding of things and that that's where, you know, from the bookkeeping side I know the bookkeeper probably knows more about my business than I do. Well, I you think know. that I'd venture to say yes, she does. <laughs> <laughs> I think the numbers, like, like, you know, you see these TV shows. Like, I watched this thing the other day. It's called The Accountant or something, and he goes in and does this forensic accounting. You know, it's a, yeah. it's a great show. Yeah, it's, you know, it's <laughs> a great movie, but unfortunately, we're not allowed to carry assault weapons. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, like. If you think of, like, you know, the mafia, the mob in the States and that, what they did was they followed the money trail and then they forensically put together all of this data, what is going on. And until I started doing that in our, in our business or when we started doing that in our business, th- there's no better understanding of, of knowing what the hell is going on when you start interpreting the data. Like... We spoke about job costings. So take for instance, we've got two employees out of 10, okay? And we can track how many jobs that those two employees are on over the course of the last six months or three months or however long, right? Yep. And then what we can do is, because the jobs don't matter, because before the job starts, we do a job costing, a budgetary job costing. This job is $10,000, $1,000 in materials, which is $9,000 worth of uh, total. Now, of that $9,000, there may be 100 hours, so it's $90 an hour. The the two guys that I put there have to get that job done in 100 hours. Is that right? Now, I can track in my historical job costings, line by line, what the profitability was for every job that those pair were on. And I can track to see if those individuals are making me money or not. Yep. So from, from a high level of either being on the job or not being on the job, that 
person or that business owner can track just with a simple job costing of budget of before the job starts and the actual figure once it's finished how profitable was those two individuals and then see that compounded over the entirety of their production report mm. now granted if there is profit then you've got another problem which is what's my business expenses and does that you know but when you can look at it like that and say well I'm making money here, but I'm losing money there. Okay, well, let's tweak the dials. I've always, uh, many years ago, this guy said to me, a business is like a cockpit of a plane with all the dials. And it's your job as the business owner to adjust those dials in the correct manner to get the outcome that you want. So if you've got a production... It's a great analogy. You have to adjust it. Uh, and so once you understand what dials do what things then it's up to you to manipulate them. Like if we've got apprentices and all we're doing is yelling at them all the time, is that affecting their production capabilities because they've got a poor attitude? Hmm. Yep. Adjust the dial. Motivate them instead of yell at them. And just because it's we're talking about bookkeeping here, that analogy transfers through everything. Oh, absolutely. They're, just by running and looking at your reports, is you can soon tell, we can soon tell if there's issues within the business you can see how many uber eats i get (laughs) (laughs) exactly (laughs) we we have seen some interesting charges come through over the years the viper Um, room eh (laughs) (laughs) that's a business expense technically because it's entertainment (laughs) (laughs) well technically we'd argue that one um but you know it's it's we we recently had a situation with a client that um you know sort of Communication just stopped altogether. We couldn't get information. Not answering the phone, um, you know, and so then it was obviously making it very difficult for us to do our job. Um, and I'd put in calls and emails just to check in, just to see if everything was okay, because we could see by what was coming into the zero file by looking at the numbers that you could tell there was an something was going on but we just could were trying to get them to talk to us so we could see and we finally got through and had a conversation within half an hour all these issues that had been compounding and they'd been you know relatively new to business as well so they were you know probably didn't want to come forward with you know having to mm, I've made struggle. a mistake or you know with a bit of egg on face and I'm Listen, I don't, you know, doesn't doesn't worry me, or I'm not here to judge. I'm here to help. What mm. you know, the situation is because there's probably more chances than none that I've been in a similar situation at some stage. Mm. That you know, we've seen pretty much anything you can throw at us, we've seen it before. But that means that we've got a solution, or we know of people that could help, whether it be, you know. Um, financially coaching accountant maybe it's a a mental health you know there's so many different factors that impact the business owner which then impacts the business Hmm. it's just having those conversations and looking at your numbers it's how powerful it's it that's how powerful it can be by just looking at it you know you're talking before um glenn about having 
you know, following the money trail and the movie The Accountant, mm. and they would they forensically go in and check all the figures and the numbers, and and we quite often, you know, the jobs we we're talking about before about coming in with a shoebox, and and if they're you know if more than sort of six months behind, we call it it's a rescue job. But it's exactly what we do is we forensically basically go through and compile everything, put it into a format that we can actually understand. look at it, use the numbers and understand. You know, a lot of the time the, that case is purely just for them to actually get their tax and bass and stuff up to date. Mm. But we get them to that point where we draw a line in the sand and we go, okay, we're Maintain going to it. get this to here. Then we're going to go into maintenance mode where mm. we actually are regularly updating, using your numbers, making sure everything's there, you're tracking who owes you money, everything's coming through and it's in one place. But it's you've got to go through, it's like putting a jigsaw puzzle together. You've got to get a bank statement from here and then cross-reference it you find there's a, there. mm. hang on a sec, but these have been paid on, this receipt's been paid by a credit card. Oh, yeah, I did have a credit card. Okay, well, then you get that credit card statement and then you pull in more receipts and and you it's just putting it all together so then you've got that... Record. That record. And, you know, I've had someone turn up on my door with, like, two 56-litre lugs of Jesus receipts Christ. and bank statements and hmm. there was a bit of everything in there. Kids' school is... reports. Well, no, it's not, and that's the thing, that... If but, it had been maintained... It's but also, it's if you're running a business, story. you know, this yeah. is the difference between taking a step back to actually running a business. Yeah. And I know, you know, I think I said, might have said before, but, you know, say for zero as an example, you know, my bank statements are all every day yeah. are updated in there. So reconciliation, so you compare something like that if you set those systems in place properly, it's so simple for, for a bookkeeper to actually do that and manage that and you get the reports out of that compared to you sitting there trying to work out what's this, what's that, what's this, what's that, where, where do, do I, I put that, do what I do I put that, this yeah. against, how does, you know, does that expense go to here, well, does that be expense like go to there? saying to you, Nigel, or you saying to me, Sandra, go in and cut in around that window, yeah. giving me a paintbrush and I'd go... Well, exactly. Okay, and you'll come back ten minutes later and you'll go, "What on what earth have, have you done? been doing?" Yeah, because there'll be paint everywhere. Yeah, and that's because and that's not my strong point. Your it. son works at McDonald's or something. Yep. It? So, how old would you say the manager of McDonald's is? Just, just from back there. I haven't met them, but most of them I know are around early, very early twenties. Yeah, early twenties. Early twenties. Yeah. What do you think their compensation salary would be? Oh, I don't know how they work these days. Um, you can't tell me it's any more than thirty dollars now. No. Okay, so we, we can I make that distinction so. that they're in their early twenties yeah. and they don't get paid any more than thirty dollars an hour. Yep. What do you think the manager is responsible of doing to that branch or that restaurant? Oh, enormous amount. Stock, ordering, making sure they reach their uh, the tills and all the rest of it, like all of these managerial type jobs, you cannot use the excuse, I run a trade business and I don't understand that. Because no. you've got a kid, let's face it, a kid mm -hmm. in their 20s earning less money than you that's doing things, like, oh, but that's McDonald's. 
McDonald's operate right. that way because of their systems and processes. Yeah. They are the perfect they example the- of what a, a business that has that is fully systemized yep. and has all the procedures and everything in place. It's a perfect example of how doing that you can actually then replicate with low value staff. Yes. Across and it's just that everyone has their particular job, and if everyone does that particular job, then it's at like the, the end cogs. of it, you get a hamburger. Correct. Yep. It's just that whole system and the movie that they made, The Founder, yeah, which Croft. was about mm. that, was it's a Phenomenal. fantastic movie to watch as a business owner because it takes you into that whole seeing them on the netball court or basketball court probably, um, where they've actually drawn out in chalk. And they're doing their jobs yeah. and actually seeing and getting the best layout. It's that constant tweak well, and, yeah. and improvements along the way. Um, it's, I know a lot of people don't like McDonald's for the food, but when you look at it from a, a business, business, business perspective, perspective. It's, the perfect oppor- it's the perfect system or yeah. um, Business and there's no at. reason that that can't be replicated in a trade, in a, in a trade business. Absolutely. You just have to understand the differences, and that's that's probably the biggest problem is that we're taught our trade, we're not taught our business, how to business, yep. and systems are scary for people. Oh, because absolutely. how can... I can't create... I don't have Look, the... It's, it's, it's the same, and I know, Glenn, and I've sat down and done this, and I know you would have done it in, in different forms, Sandra, is that... that We've sat down, Glenn and I've sat down, and we've actually looked at systems and worked out processes and done all of those sorts of things. Even down, we've talked in the past about production processes, you know, and at the seminar, we talked about, okay, who's right, who's wrong, what's the best process? Do you putty gap and fill before you spray, or do you put a coat of spray on before you putty gap and fill? What's going to make you the most money? Which one's going to to be the most, yeah, most productive? You know, I would know. It's not that difficult. I, I like to go. Okay, <laughs> see. <laughs> they rep. They took out the freaking the zinger burger or the, the burger. Yep. Put bloody cabbage on there instead of lettuce because the lettuce cost too much. Yep. Yep. Why did Lucky they do like that? cabbage? Because they understood it would cost und- them too much to make the freaking burger. To make the it so there you go. There's a yep. substitute. Yep. And tough luck. Yeah. yeah. If you don't like you it, don't buy it. Don't buy it. And it'd be interesting to see whether they actually maybe they had a small. Change in people the would have bought Peter, people would have bought a zinger box without the burger or whatever they have <laughs> but, these days. But it wouldn't have lasted long if no, there was. But they long. made the business adjustment based on on the financial uh, ramifications of the supply shortage of lettuce. But but it's one thing that we t- we're talking about. You know, you have to know your numbers. You have to know it. Sometimes it's just plain bloody scary mm. for mm. people to look at it, and from my point of view we deal with a lot of trades and we see it across the board sometimes people get into trades because they have you know a white collar well they have but no more that schooling was not fun Mm. Mm -hmm. so they're not well you're talking to two here that never finished so you know they're not academically minded yeah maybe knowing their numbers they're quite a lot of the of tradies that we know fall into they're dyslexic, mm-hmm. so you know there's but they a whole. Be business owners, then, if that's how they're going to label themselves, like you. Can't no, but it's use... not about labeling themselves. It's about understanding that not everyone can go. Okay, I'm just going to learn about this. There's a lot of other stuff in the background. 
But, you look at most the, of And the, that's where they hire someone like you it, to manage that side of the business. And they go to the side and your team that and can get go, that. Exactly. Okay, so let's break this down into something that's more palatable, maybe doing it in shorter steps so that when they look at it, it's not a scary thing. Um, you know, it's, it's about but teaching any, people these basics in a different way. But any business owner, no, it doesn't matter what business it is, they have to understand their numbers. It doesn't matter. Or, or, or pay someone... To explain those numbers. I'll be devil's avocado. Get out of the freaking industry so that way business owners like me can charge more and you people can be eradicated because you don't charge enough. Because mm. you don't know what you should be charging, which is dropping the price of what things should cost. Because yep. you are dyslexic or you are mentally challenged or you think you're a business owner when you're not. Mm. You're doing this for a hobby and you're charging $45 an hour when you should be charging 90 Because yes. they don't understand. They don't understand. They don't the understand the like, outgoing costs. I don't understand. Like, it's, it's, it's a very raw and, you know, aggressive way of looking at it. But from a commercial operator that's in this to profit, these individuals are, are for one, being a burden to society because they're not paying their taxes, they're not paying their superannuation, they're not doing. They're not abiding by OHNS and all the rest of it, you know. And, and so, why shouldn't why under the un, like everyone's talking about this recession? Fantastic, bring it on, because all these businesses that are over leveraged and aren't capable of being financially stable, they will go into liquidation, and then from the phoenix uh, from the ashes rises new businesses. This has happened time and time and time again. This is this is the purge. Of, of commercialism that happened in the GFC yep. and and purging of businesses that are not liquid like look at what we've seen in we're seeing it at the moment in the building industry the, have a look at the number of builders at the moment the, we're in a boom and we're in an absolute boom and every second day there's another one falling over so if, if it, it's yeah it, it now all the new builders that rise from those ashes won't have fixed price contracts. They will be that little bit smarter to have a variable fixed, uh, a variable contract. That's right. Now, now is it is it devastating that people lose their money and and all the rest of it? Well, mate, that's commercialism, and that's why there is a thing called QBCC and other regulatory bodies that is supposed to stop that from happening. Now, yep. whether they have or have not, that's a different topic for me. Yeah, but. That's a whole other podcast series. Yeah. <laughs> um, and series at that. Yeah. But yeah, no, I know, exa- yeah, I know exactly what you're saying, that, that it just cleans out those that aren't running profitable or those that aren't running businesses that are, that are actually in the right mindset. Um, but I'd be to, as you <clears> say, to be the devil's advocate. Why would you feel that you would need to get rid of those people because they would be targeting a different market than what you would be targeting. They're well, probably picking up... In, in commercialism, in the commercialism of today, Jeff Bezos doesn't want eBay around, doesn't want Kmart or Target. He wants the lot. So a business owner like us, why would I want to compete with one man that's got a hobby business? But I would say you wouldn't be competing with one man that's a hobby business 
because your target would be probably very different to what his is. I see bookkeepers out there all the time that are going overseas and, and are getting it so much cheaper overseas. Mm-hmm. I don't see them as competition. They're not my market. They're not the people that I want to work with. No, They're not the people that want no. us to actually take an interest and actually guide them through what they need to do. That's transactional. There's no... Correct. There's no relationship there. There's no... Like, we not only do our... In our bookkeeping, but we also help drive our businesses, our clients' profitability and growth. And Mm -hmm. we refer during our whole network. You know, I'm constantly getting asked, do you know a... Do you know a... Mm -hmm. I need a plumber. Who do you recommend? And all the rest of it. And that's the relationships that we're forging... But for me, if I was getting my house painted and Joe Blow came along and said, I'll do it for 10 grand, mm-hmm. but I know having a bit of, you know, a bit of a, an intro, well, experience in the industry, that that's probably fairly bloody cheap for our house. Mm-hmm. I would then go, okay, but then that wouldn't stop me from looking at say coming to you and maybe your price is double but I know that your price would be double because you're operating you've got staff you've got overheads you've probably got all the correct insurances you know and you would actually be operating a business but those also at the same time those people that are coming at that ten thousand dollar quote yeah there is a market for them because the people who are, are needed in in Areas that are struggling oh, or something, whatever see, they need, you I know, they, there's a need right across the all the time the board. on on Facebook groups. Yeah, I want some, like a a plumber that's not going to cost me an arm and a leg. And mm-hmm. I go, well, do you want the job done properly, yeah. or do you just want a handyman to come around? That's right. So there's you know, a reason there's, why, and also skilled you need staff, you need, skilled people charge more. Yeah, and you need people right across the board. You need your, your guys who are, are going to be your employees. You need your the guys... Exactly, that's where I was just going. You need those guys that don't really want to run a business to a full extent of having to worry about marketing and all those sorts of things and are happy to just take the job and subcontract. No problem. You need those. But you also need those ones that are running their businesses properly and correctly and keeping that, that higher-end market... Um, open, you know, yeah. because at the end of the day, if you don't have those multiple tiers, then something's going to give and something's going to collapse and everything's going to drop to the bottom well, rather than go to the top. Whereas yeah. those other tiers, it's like steps, mm-hmm. you know, you're, you're walking up a set of stairs, it's, you know. It's not uncommon for a homeowner, you could be plumbing a house, you could be painting a house, do like a multitude of different tasks. The homeowner will solicit to the employees, can you do that for cash? Yes. Okay. Oh, absolutely. It's, it's part of the Australian economy, part of the Australian yep. way of life. So there's a marketplace for that to happen. Mm-hmm. But then they want to whinge and complain when they don't get what they paid for or what have you. Yeah. And so what I'm and this is why I'm a big believer of purging and, and, and commercialism. And look, my business is just in the firing is in the firing line, no different than anybody else's. Mm. Um, but things like that should be. And like, why do we have a regulatory body if these things uh, happen? 
only half the country has got regulatory bodies. And, and that's, that's, that's the, again, that's, yeah. you know, um, so. Yeah, look, that's a, a rabbit hole that we could go down and probably never come out of. Um, <laughs> my my but, old man, he, he, for as long as he, he ran his business, he was always afraid of the tax ban. I have a very different approach to that. I see it as let's keep everything up to date and let's tow the line to the line. And that's a lot of that too, though, is is all about mindset too. Mm. You know, oh God, I've got to pay tax. Oh my GST bills. I this. pay tax. I pay insurance oh. if I get audited. So if I get audited, then so bad. Yeah, but like when you're doing your your bass and you go, you send through and you go, okay, so your your bass, your GST for the quarter was maybe it was twenty grand. Mm-hmm. Oh shit, really? It's that whole, you know. No one really wants to pay the ATO money, mm. but by having a bill of twenty grand, that means you must be doing pretty, pretty good. Well. Your business is generating income but he would see and generating as, money. Don't try and strategically lower that. Just pay it to shut them up and keep them at, 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 at the gates. Don't let them in to look any further. And I'm willing to not. I'm I'm willing to. Not have a logbook and claim ninety eight percent of my travel. I'll yeah. just claim the fifty because I don't. I don't want to be looked at. Yeah, but that's also back probably in previous years or you know twenty years ago maybe mm. when the ATO was operating very differently to what they are oh, now. Oh, pre computer stuff. It, it, it's, it's ridiculous. The ATO have worked really, really hard to actually turn around their reputation and actually try and help business owners now that doesn't mean that you don't always get you know it's like anything sometimes you get someone having a bad day then to hang up the phone and call back later and hope you get someone else but there are you know there's so many different things that they're actually trying to work with the business owners now rather than have that you know be all and end all and what we say and this is it and you will pay otherwise we'll do this and and you'll lose that and we'll garnish from your FPOS takings or you know they're they're really trying to work a lot with the business owners and it's a big change Mm. but that's not that mindset that a lot of business owners have and have probably carried over as not going to change it's fear quite you know quickly I know the way that my parents running their business looked at things, um, you know, the debt was bad, you know, um, to have a flashy car or, you know, you just you, you just have the basics of what you need. Mm-hmm. And, and mind you, they had a farm that they owned outright with no debt. Um, you know, they never had any issues. All their bills, everything was always paid on time. But... It's now moving forward into a different world. It's a debt society. And mm. sometimes having debt is not necessarily a bad thing. Not when it's cheap. You know, it's about being able to leverage what you've got. And as long as you can service that, then it's a different kettle of fish. Until you can't service it in mm. a recession. Oh, look, you know, there's, there, it's, there's risks with everything that we do as business <laughs> owners. Yeah. But, you know, it's, it's a different mindset. And yeah, it, I agree. It's, you've got Absolutely. to try and and work so you're not carrying someone else's ideas. Yes. You're not bringing forward a previous generation's ideas. Mm-hmm. It's just like my kids are already 
at 15 and 12 are already looking at me and rolling their eyes and really mum like you just do this I'm like well can you do it for me like I don't know how to do that on my phone you know it's just that whole generational thing and that'll keep changing and I think we're still seeing a bit of a hangover from the previous generation um, where the ATO has always been you know the big bad ATO Um, and I've seen some really positive changes coming through Mm. Well, you speak yeah. to them regularly, aren't you? Mm. Well, we try not to have to speak to them regularly. Um, but when we do, I've only ever got Positive. really helpful people where, you know, maybe I've done ticked a wrong box or something when I've set something up and I just ring them and go, hey, I'm really sorry, I've done this, can you help me out? I can't fix it myself on the portal. Yep. No worries whatsoever. You know, so, there's a more human side to them now. It's not black and white. Cut and dry, you know. Like it's, it's not. They're they're actually taking that that whole approach. Them. Well, no, approach them, but they're they're looking at things as a whole. Yeah. Rather than well, you did this, you need to pay that. Yep. I don't care that so. you know your mother-in-law just died or you've had COVID or anything like that. That used to that was the old ways. Now yeah. it's obviously now they want to see small business different. because they realise small business is imperative. In, in the country, yeah. you know, that they need small businesses. Over 50% of the population are employed by small business. Yeah, absolutely. So, and work within small businesses. So that's that's really, they're starting to understand that. And small businesses are the ones that fund the retirement that, of the generation. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. anyway, look, on that, um, thank you so much, Sandra, for coming in. We, I think we right. might have gone off a little bit topic there, guys. Yeah, but, but hey, it was, it was certainly a great, uh, catch up and a great chat so thanks again for, for coming in thank and, you for uh, having me yeah no and we look forward to to seeing you again soon sounds great yep bye for now see you later bye i'd like to thank sandra for coming in today it was great sharing a knowledge and having a catch up on what sort of things that she's finding within the industry i hope that some of this was of assistance for you and i hope you've enjoyed listening to today's painters podcast We look forward to catching up with you soon. Bye for now.